Hello and welcome to the Blood and Hunter Master Preview Podcast brought to you by NTES. Uh, check them out at NTES.com and thank you very much to NTES for uh, sponsoring this podcast and for sponsoring Three Kings and thanks to you for sponsoring this podcast also. We are down to the last official warm-up game uh, before Ireland head to the World Cup and before Ireland name their squad on uh, Sunday at half four. Um, I don't think there's too much in the way of selection drama on the way. I think there's a few decisions that will affect other decisions um, in the same way that it did last time out in 2019. I think everybody was shocked by Devin Toner's omission. Um, but in reality, it made a lot of sense. The binary decision between Jean Klein at the time and Devin Toner, for me, wasn't the binary decision I think it was more to do with other positions and other players who could cover different spots Um, and I think the same will happen this time in that if somebody unexpected misses out and I don't think there's going to be a massive shock um, I think it will be because of what other players offer maybe in different areas that might not have anything to do with it Um, but I don't think there's a massive selection uh, drama ahead of this test it is a test it's Ireland versus Samoa it is in uh, Bayonne and I think that just on the face of it at least um, this is a game Ireland should be winning 9 times out of 10 not even 9 times out of 10 let's go 19 times out of 20 um, Samoa have certainly improved this season uh, they've gotten a few guys who were back in who are re-eligible now um, who were you know maybe eligible for other countries and who have redeclared for Samoa uh, they've been quite good in the Pacific Nations Cup they haven't scored a lot of tries but they haven't conceded a whole lot of them either um, but to a certain extent comparing their uh, their numbers like for like uh, is difficult because the calibre of opponent that Ireland have been playing has been far and away better than what uh, Samoa have been playing. And I think that's just the reality of it. And I think that looking at your, I suppose, looking at your your your, your two sides, there's absolute quality there for, um, for Samoa. But it's a game that Ireland should be winning. And at the same time, though, I will say that from an Irish perspective, we do appear to have gone a little bit stronger in this game than what a lot of people might have expected. One of my big things over this last couple of months has been to understand why Andy Farrell will select certain players or not select others. You have to understand the system that Ireland play and why your understanding of that system is so important. It all reflects back on what do you want your team to do? Like you could have a tank that's built a a really good tank. It is good at a job, but you wouldn't race a portion it or you wouldn't even try really you'd burn out your engine trying to keep up they do different things and I think that this Irish team is more about what they can do like I've I've spoken about counter transition a fair few times that is what Ireland are built to do Ireland are doubling down on what they are good at and what they have been good at and how they've beaten teams over the last 24 months every single team that Ireland could look to beat uh, in this World Cup coming up to end up winning the tournament Ireland have beaten in the last 24 months France, South Africa New Zealand Australia England any of these teams you want to look at Ireland have beaten them and that's the I I suppose that's the the tantalising thing from an Irish perspective we know we can beat all these teams certainly how they were constructed in the um, in the last number of um, years we'll say but can we do it this time out 
the big thing for me and, and speaking about like Ireland's system is for Andy Farrell to get a good look as to where Ireland are I feel you need to fight against other systems that are a bad matchup for your system um, this season so far I think we've seen that any team who can retain the ball quite well will frustrate this Irish side um, Ireland have a couple of different plans that are there in place to I suppose to deploy against a team that is good at retaining the ball um, Ireland love playing against teams who are a blend who maybe don't kick the ball back as much as England do because that in itself kind of overloads Ireland's counter transition so we don't necessarily look as good as we normally do but any team that wants to mix up kicking with a bit of face play like in the way that France did for example you will get the very best out of Ireland which are like almost impossible to live with when Ireland are playing at that level ideally an Andy Farrell team will kick an awful lot during a game we outkicked England last week on a volume basis um, and we kick with a lot of distance uh, mid-range at the very least we don't do short contestable box kicks anymore in the same way that the spring box do as part of their transition into becoming an on-ball team so when you look at the way Ireland kick and the way Ireland start off games we want to play against a team who we feel we can bully at the breakdown defensively so that they end up being so afraid of what we can do to them far up the field because we will kick long we chase hard we'll play the game inside their half of the field that's when you see the likes of Tyburn Caelan Doris guys like that coming in and winning those defensive uh, penalties and then Ireland go down the line line out Maul try and that's kind of how Ireland and from a B like the, the B side of Ireland's game is that the A side is we will kick the ball to you you will go through your phase play you're a team who doesn't play a whole lot of rugby inside your own 10 meter line so you'll go through maybe one phase two phase if you can't get a, a breakaway on the first phase when you receive the ball then you'll kick the ball back to Ireland and then Ireland will transition into our phase play attack one of the big strengths of our back three as it's currently constructed I think the number one back three is Matt Hansen, Hugo Keenan and, and James Lowe all of these players are really, really good under the high ball. Hugo Keenan in particular is outstanding there. Mac Hansen is very, very good. James Lowe isn't as good as those two, but he's still very good as well. And it's difficult as well for England or for anybody really to overtly target James Lowe in the air, especially with the way that most teams kick the ball now. Um, England tried to get at them, but they weren't able to get any, cha any, any change out of them. If you're looking at um, Ireland in this game, like we know, we we like that we, we we kick the teams. We know then that when they kick back to us, that we're really good at retaining the ball. If they want to go long, we'll retain it by default. If they want to go short and contestable, we've got three really good guys back there as well. Four really, if you include Gary Ringrose also, um, and that is our way back into teams. Then, so I think the bad matchup for any. Irish team at the moment we'll say like any construction of this Irish team is a team that when we kick the ball to them they don't kick the ball back to us by default inside three phases and they're quite good at retaining the ball on the whole that is where this Irish team can end up almost failing to get traction because if we look at the way that people typically judge teams i think there's still a feeling that in test rugby or whatever else that your starting 15 or your match day 23 is the best players in your country sometimes that will be true i think that it is more to do now with 
the best fitting players for your system. Now, some people fit the system on top of the players. Some people look at the players and then fit a system. I think when it comes to this Irish team, we've seen over the last number of years how effective they've been both at Ireland level and Leinster level because a lot of these guys who are uh, going to be back backboning this Irish team also backbone a Leinster side who play a broadly similar style. It's not exactly the same, but the general concept is the same. And the kryptonite for any counter-transition team is a team that does not give you transitions. If they don't, if you if you don't get transitions, you can't counter-attack off them. So when I look at this Irish team and I look at what could potentially be a bad match for them, I go back and I look at that uh, semi-final or that final of the Heineken Cup back in May when La Rochelle came from behind to beat Leinster. I went back and I looked at that game because if you look at it, La Rochelle, I think, had a few more kicks than Leinster did. I thought, well, fuck it. I don't, I don't remember that being the case. At the start of that game, La Rochelle were kicking the ball an awful lot, giving Leinster a load of lineouts, giving Leinster a load of transition possession. And as a result, they got torn to shreds, absolutely blown out of it by Leinster because they gave Leinster exactly what a counter-transition team wants. Um, the, the, the second transition where you kick to them and then they kick back to you and then a ton of lineouts uh, possession where you can run your, your, your heavily scripted schemes. To give an example as to what happens when you play a team who doesn't kick the ball back to you in the way you want and you don't have a functional lineout, go back and watch that uh, South Africa versus New Zealand game, which I'll be covering in my big tracking the box article uh, coming next week. Um, that is a counter-transition team getting beaten up by an on-ball team. And that's the big worry for Ireland. And I think the big worry for Andy Farrell is that if we are not at the pitch that we need to be, we will get beaten up by South Africa. And as a result, we could end up playing Scotland and end up into a firefight, which we could then also lose as well. That is not outside the realm of possibility at all. Like you look at um, South Africa, what we've seen from them so far uh, in, in in this year since they've been back playing, uh, they started out fairly slow, but they're developing an on-ball style that allows them with the size they have to beat you up in your half of the field and to do so comfortably over multiple phases. And when they do kick, it's short. So you have to come in and you are going, you know, you have to win that ball and I think they, 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 they kick so short that everything is in a phone box with them and when they're able to retain that possession and the, the, the extra few structures are added I thought their their mixture of Kane and Moody and uh, Andre Esterhazen along with Marnie Libok on, um, on, uh, on, on that game on Friday night was actually very very interesting and um, again I think that that in potential is a bad matchup for us uh, South Africa used to be one of the highest volume kicking teams in the world. Now they're, they've come right back. They're not in that conversation anymore. Um, same with the likes of Scotland. They have pulled right back into the mid-20s on average per game. Even last night, South Africa kicked 26 times, which I think that relates more to how the game played out. When they were in the middle of winning that game, as in getting to a point where the All Blacks were chasing the game and, and had to change up their structure off the back of it, they were on ball. They, they, they gave the All Blacks absolutely nothing to work with. And that is the danger if you're a counter-transition team, is that when you start with your counter-transition plays, and I think Ireland today, when we first start off, depending on who takes the kickoff or whatever else, 
we're going to have a right cut off them early. So if they're kicking to us, we're going to go quickly, I would say, off that restart. So we're going to show to them, we're not going to just kick to you, even though we are going to kick to them a lot. Uh, we're going to try and get after their structures there. And you'll see, you know, the restart, if Ireland take it, going to Crowley and then him looking to have a cut in, in the wider channels to try and catch them early. I can see that. Just to try and get that into, into to Samoa's head early. But... The, the, the worry for Ireland is is that we come into the World Cup cold like we're playing Samoa now this uh, today we are playing uh, Romania and Tonga next I expect us to beat Romania by 80 points Tonga we should be beaten by 40 points um, we will come into South Africa um, cold we will not be coming in battle hardened and one of the big things a worry for me about this Irish team is like they're not battle hardened like they've won big games this year but the the two biggest challenges I think we have in any Six Nations for the most part is against England from a physical perspective even if they're not playing well and against France who are you know up there with one of the best teams in the world we played both of those at home this year we played Wales away from home their basket case at when we were playing them uh, Scotland should have beaten Ireland but again had a brain meltdown um, during the game in the second half and Italy were a little bit stickier than what I think we imagined that they would be mainly because they play a style that fits badly with what we do well Italy are an on-ball team as well as are Scotland so this is the the worry from Andy Farrell's perspective I think is that when it comes down to it we will be coming into South Africa cold even if we get Johnny Sexton warmed up and he's playing he'll, he'll play I'd say he might play 60 against Romania he might play another 60 against Tonga with the idea of starting and doing nearly the full 80 if possible against South Africa depending on the score um, that is where things get complex and that's where things get a little bit unpredictable and I think looking back last weekend against England uh, Ireland won 29-10 and, and, and played really like really well on the face of it with regards to some of the scores that they got I think Andy Farrell on watching it back will be deeply unhappy with how that game progressed. Um, I, I looked at some of the metrics at the breakdown and I felt that Ireland just did not get traction in this game. They did not hit the wide channels the way that they typically do. They weren't able to, st- like they weren't, they didn't stretch England like they typically do. A lot of the, a lot of the platform that we got from England came from penalties or English mistakes we didn't tear them open the way that we have done bar on that first try that uh, Peter Manny set up for Bundyaki um, that we we did tear them open there on that instance because it was a very loose uh, counter transition sequence um, from England who fucked up their kick fucked up their chase and then Ireland played off the back of that but I think looking at um, Ireland I'm thinking if we come up against a super heavyweight on-ball team like South Africa we are not prepared for that right now we are not fully up to speed this Samoa game is very important because Samoa are an on-ball team too they kick on average 19 points per game or 19 kicks per game sorry um like as in which again is very low in the modern day test rugby very very low uh, only Fiji have lower a lower, a lower number of kicks on average per game so with that in mind let's just have a quick look at the uh, at the team looking at Samoa they have gone with a typical 
on-ball pack construction. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, they have James Lay, they have Salal Alam and Paul Allo Emile uh, in the front row with Chris Vui and Theo McFarland uh, from Saracens in the second row. In the back row, they have Telaney Seo, uh, Fritz Lee and Stephen Luatua, former All Black. Uh, Fritz Lee as well, uh, Claremont number eight. He is basically playing as a, as a heavy wing forward in, in, this, in this construction with um, Telaney Seo uh, he's six foot eight. He's a big, heavy flanker, um, and you have Stephen Luatua, a classy player, playing for Bristol, I think, for the last number of years. Um, again, power forward, build player. So the way they are built and constructed is one hundred percent an on-ball pack, and then they are selected as such. Now, remember, Samoa don't score a whole ton of tries, but they don't concede a whole ton either. Like their average uh, twenty-two entries is actually really good. Um, if you look at their their standing but again we're not comparing like for like really in that like the, the teams that Ireland have been playing have been far more difficult uh, and some of the other teams here have been playing each other as well whereas Samoa have been in the Pacific Nations Cup which is a weaker tournament but if you look at Samoa they have on average 11 22 entries per game but their scoring is down to 2.3 so they have uh, they only score 2.3 points per 22 entry which is again they're they're underscoring their their entries um if they were even a little bit more efficient they would be up around the Springboks uh, and ireland and france if they were a little bit more efficient defensively they're actually quite good as well and that they limit the opposition to just six 22 entries uh per match on average uh and then concede 2.3 so if you look at their their graph there they're right down at the bottom they're, ju- they're, they're very near the spring box with regards to what they've conceded defensively I think that they're nearly a better team at the moment than they are uh, an attacking team but that, a lot of that comes down to their physicality as well it'll, it'll be difficult for Ireland initially I think but um, I think that a lot, of the, a lot of those games for Samoa have been against you know lower tier opposition like they've scored 8 tries um, in oh, 7 tries this season so far this year or this year and they've conceded four um the two they've conceded have been from the mall um they've their mall defense is very very poor and their line out is a, a bit of a weakness for them so i think that's going to be a, a key area for ireland to get out here um but just finishing off the rest of the samoa team uh they have jonathan uh taumatene uh limi lima sopawaga uh former all black there as well uh nigel awong uh tumua mani uh Olopano Suteni uh, from La Rochelle knows a lot of these uh, of, of these Irish players uh, Ed Fidao and Duncan uh, Payaua um, at fullback on the bench they have Sama Malolo they have Jordan Lay Michael Alalatoa Miracle uh, Falilagi Jordan Taufua another former All Black and Crusader played for Leicester for a few years as well he's currently playing for Leon uh, a kind of a small forward build player um Eri uh, Inari Christian Liliafano former Ulster player and, and Wallaby with uh, Naria Fomani on the bench rounding out their match day 23 they're big they're physical they're a very good scrummaging team um, you look at their scrum success this year has been 92.9 which is right near ourselves they have a big heavy front five they have a big heavy heavy pack as an on-ball team like I, I think their 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 scrummaging is the is the most complete thing they do their lineout has been a weakness for them. It's down around seventy percent, which is again not elite. Um, that's a bit of a, a thing that's undermined them a small bit uh, this season. But like you look at their their gain line success in general, 
it's it's a bit, little bit less than the international average, but they're better at retaining the ball. Like they, like their carries into contact generally provide dominant collisions. Like forty five point seven percent of their carries into contact are dominant. The international average is thirty seven percent being dominant collisions. So they they are like it's it's all duck or no dinner really. Like as in they their neutral collision on average is 55% uh, and they're below that so 48.6 of their uh, collisions are neutral basically what that means is that they're a big physical team they like to go through the phases they get over the gain line a lot they produce dominant collisions a lot uh, and when you kick the ball to them they don't really kick the ball back um they when they have a line break they will concede they will score a try on the on 50% of the occasions so far this season um and their breakdown uh, on average is pretty good their own rock speed uh, in the opposition 22 is 2.57 uh, 72% of their rocks are under 3 seconds in the opposition's you know uh, Q3 or 50 uh, and between, between between the halfway line and the opposition 22 and uh, one of the big issues is their, their rock speed in the opposition 22 slows down quite a bit to just above 3 seconds which is in part explains I think their um their inability to convert their 22 entries they are dangerous in that regard uh fritz lee is one of their biggest breakdown guys um and if you look at duncan payaua their fullback he's actually really good over the ball defensively as well so don't be surprised to see him winning a few breakdown turnovers um so like i think samoa are obviously they've got quality they've got size boy do they have size they have weight they're a heavy team scrummaging wise we'll have our hands full here I think initially um, they're a team who are capable of winning penalties um, they are again I think they're they're quite weak in the line out that's an area where despite their size this season so far they're running at 70% completion which again is, is not elite uh, their mall defence as well and their, their offensive mall is not great Ireland can get at them there so why did Ireland select such a blended team? I'll just go through Ireland's team, right? So that's, that's Samoa. Looking at Ireland's team here, Keane Healy, Tom Stewart and Finley Bielip in the front row, Ian Henderson and Ty Byrne in the second row, Ryan Baer, Josh van der Fleer and Caelan Doris in the back row, Conor Murray and Jack Crowley at halfback, Keith Earls, Stuart McCluskey, Robbie Henshaw and Mac Hansen uh, at 11-14 to 14, with Jimmy O'Brien at fullback. On the bench, Rob Herring, Jeremy Lockman, Tom O'Toole, James Ryan, Peter Romani, Craig Casey, Ross Byrne and Gary Ringrose you're, you're thinking well, why is Joe McCarthy not there why is he not starting uh, why is Kim Prendergast not starting um, why are some of the other guys who are depth options why are they not getting those options like where's Kieran Frawley why, why aren't you giving him a run on the bench where's Jacob Stockdale why aren't you giving him a run I think what Ireland want to do here and what Andy Farrell wants from this game is given that it's going to be played in the south of France it's a sellout 14,000 a lot of those people who are there are going to be French. It's going to be an away game. They're going to be rooting for Samoa in this game. So there's going to be a bit of an atmosphere there for Samoa, I would suggest. Um, what Andy Farrell wants is for Ireland to display that when we kick to an on-ball team that has got a big physical pack, as they do, like Chris Vui, um, Theo McFarland, Teleni Seo, Fritz Lee, Stephen Duatua, that's a big physical team. Like that, like that is a big physical outfit right there who are more than capable of chewing through the phases off nine of picking and going of making it difficult for you to get the ball back they're experienced there's quality there 
Like you look at um, Stephen Lua too. Like he's a 15 cap All Black. You know, he's 32, but like he's in. He has been all over the place. He's played with Auckland. He's played with the Blues. Um, he is a like a, an experienced All Black international as well. So like they can retain the ball. Like from a size perspective, looking at the at, at, at Samoa here, that's a very good like for like examination as to what it would be like if we kicked to the spring box and they don't kick the ball back to us in the way we want to how do we deal with them so why have we selected Caelan Doris the most amount of breakdown steals uh, in this year so far for Ireland uh, and Ty Byrne one of the best breakdown guys in the world um, why have we picked Peter Manny on the bench one of the best breakdown guys going um and also a very dangerous lineup guy as well on, on defensively as well so if things are you know not going great at that point you know you bring on Peter Romani and you can start to kick into touch and, and get after that that Samoan lineup if you need to but we I think will want to show um, Andy Farrell here that we will kick to Samoa they will run the ball back um, they will be incredibly physical they will go through the phases we have to show that we can force turnovers from them uh, and looking at their averages here they do concede a fair number of turnovers um on average but again i I think that they may look to play a less risky style of play like i mean again they've been playing against japan and they beat them in japan that that kind of you know got a few a bit of attention from people i don't think japan are the same team that that rumbled us so uh consistently but i i think looking at what we've seen from samoa I think that they have, you know, they've got size, they've got physicality. Um, they, 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 they concede around 14.7 turnovers on average uh, per game, which, again, in their on-ball style, means a lot of scrums. They have a good scrum, offensively and defensively. So I think they're happy enough. A lot of their success has been based off that concept, as in they hang on to the ball. If they make an error, it's a scrum. They have a very good scrum. So they're able to play off the back of that. That's a decent sequence for them to start off with. That's a bad sequence for Ireland. If, if if it does break down that way, we need to win clean turnovers and we need to play off those turnovers. A whole ton of scrums is not good for this Irish team, I don't think. Like, there's a big opportunity there for Tom Stewart. We've got a developing situation uh, with the Irish hooker chart at the moment where Dan Sheehan and Ronan Kelleher are currently not fit. Do you bring them to the World Cup if they're not fit? I think Andy Farrell will. I think they're big rocks of this game plan. Their athleticism, their power is a huge part of what Ireland do. Um, And I think Tom Stewart gives you a lot of the same thing from those guys. Maybe not the same level of power, but his work off the off the line out in the back of the mall is is a is really really good. And his his game in general, he's a he's a good carrier in the white channels. Um, They've started him here alongside Keane Healy, who is a really experienced scrummager. Samoa have a very good scrum. Like I, like I've explained to you, like their their uh, scrum retention rates are very good, like they're they're very solid. They don't go backwards an awful lot. They're heavy if they start going forward as well. So you need to be on your game there. That hooker and loose head unit there of Healy and Stewart, you couldn't ask for somebody better to put Tom Stewart next to. If if, if you're giving him his full debut from the start, you put Keen Healy next to him, he'll scrummage away fine, and and that'll be a grand way to start for Tom Stewart he'll be under pressure but under less pressure than if he was say next to you know Jeremy Lockman who's a, a, a kind of a, a newcomer at this level himself um, so that that is good selection there as well 
Um, I'm looking at Henderson and Byrne. Uh, like to be honest, looking at this here, I would be surprised if anybody from the starting fifteen here, fifteen here, missed out in the World Cup. And I think on the bench, I think Jeremy Lockman um, is the only guy really who I think could miss out if um, Dave Kilcoyne is fit. But even then, I think Jeremy Lockman being on the bench here is a good sign for him. If you don't see Kian Prendergast, if you don't see Joe McCarthy, I'm not sure what that means for those guys. Now it could mean nothing, but. I think Andy Farrell here wanted to look about how the bulk of what he will hope to be a Category 8 pack and replacements bench, when you look at Ryan and, and Omani on there as well, how they go against a team who doesn't give the ball back by default. Now, Ireland will have a way into this game because the, the Samoan Mall, offensively and defensively, can be got at. Their line-out is less than elite, so we will look to challenge there as well. Ryan Baird will have a big game to say there, I would say, when it comes to his uh, his own contesting at the line-out in, in the first 50-60 minutes to be very important. That's our bailout, I think, but we'll want to show that we can stitch phases together, basically. My big criticism against England was is that when we did get the ball, we didn't stretch them enough. Some of our pass options were a little bit pedestrian from Ross Byrne. As a result, our edge forwards didn't get the same level of... Um, of uh, breakdown numbers that they typically do the canary in the coal mine is Peter Manny when it comes to this Irish team if his offensive ruck numbers are up Ireland play well if they are down it means Ireland are not, are not hitting the right spots because remember these guys play in the zones they're assigned so if Peter Manny is not maxing out the breakdown that means that the ball is not entering his zone and if it's not entering his zone, this Irish system does not work at the same level. That's going to be the challenge for Ireland here. Is Can we get that ball into those wider channels? Can we start to stretch Samoa off the back of that then? I think if we look back at this game and see really high rock numbers for Ryan Baird and Caelan Doris, and at least initially for the first 50-60 minutes, I think we will then start to see, okay, well, now we know that we're playing a little bit better here even if the scoreboard might not reflect it we'll be hitting our system markers a little bit more regularly and I think that'll be something that'll be of big interest to Andy Farrell to show that yeah we are running the scheme I don't fe- I, I feel that we weren't running our proper system against England it didn't work out that way and it didn't look that way and if you watch back the game and feel geez it didn't really feel like Ireland there it's because we weren't hitting the same markers at the breakdown and when we start to do that we will look dangerous and we will need to demonstrate against this Samoan team that when we go on those phase transitions that we can hurt them and to hurt them we need width and we need to sustain it so that's going to be the big challenge for Jack Crowley and for Conor Murray and for that um, outside back line can we get that ball to the wide area can we do that consistently if we can we will stretch Samoa and we will score tries if not we will labour and we could go you know 6-0 down at times you know 9-0 but I, I do not expect Ireland to lose this game Ireland should not lose this game um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how we handle um, a on-ball team like Samoa and if we can translate that into something that might work against uh, a Springbok team who look like they're hitting their best performances at exactly the right time so thank you very much for joining me thank you very much for being a TRK subscriber I'll talk to you again very very soon